You're listening to The Food Talk Show. Hi there, my name is Sue Nelson and for the next 30 minutes we're going to be talking all things food and drink. I'm joined by my fellow presenter Jane Payton, who, although she's one of the UK's leading experts on beer and cider, is in fact the author of numerous books, which is just as well. Hiya. Hello. Hello. Um, We're going to be reviewing cookbooks again today with Charlotte Pike, the chair of the Guild of Food Writers. Thank you, Charlotte, for joining us. It was great fun last week. Um, last week, we talked about our three our three f- favourite winners of the uh, Guild of uh, Food Writers Awards from 2021. We looked at Gifford's Circus Cookbook, which we ended the programme on, which still makes me smile. We loved that book. Yeah. Still love it. Still Will love forever. It. Yeah. Pawana, which was an amazing book about Af- Afghan. Do you say Afghanistan cooking or Afghan cooking? No, Afghan cooking with incredible stories. And uh, Carolyn Steele's um, Sitopia, which is fascinating. Now, what are we going to look at this week? We're going to do a bit of booze now, aren't we? We are. So again, this is one of the award winners from last year. Um, It's called Wine from Another Galaxy Noble Rot by Dan Keeling and Mark Andrew. And we will have links to all of these books on the website. As a, as a drinks writer yourself, what, what's your thoughts on this book? I really enjoyed this book because it's not snooty not or, at all. or exclusive. It wants people to come into the world of wine, to see the personalities behind it, to have fun. That's what I really noticed about the photos, yeah. people having fun. They were eating and drinking, being sociable, just living their lives and really enjoying the wine and the, and the food. And a lot of wine books try to make wine really exclusive, I think. And this doesn't. This is very much an educational book, but it's an experiential book. It's a travel guide. It's a real love affair to, to wine, this is, and to grapes, but to the people behind it. See, I so I think that sometimes you get these wine books and these these other books, and, and what they're trying to do is trying to teach you how to be an expert, so that so it, it perpetuates the the, the you know this this you know the sort of dare I say pomposity of it, but but you know perpetuates the the fact that you have to know what you're talking about. This sort of strips that away, really. That there's loads and loads and of, of of you know important uh, s- uh, stuff to learn and things. Um, and I like the fact that the, clearly they love French wine, but there's wines from all around the world in here, isn't there? And they go on a road trip and go and visit them, and show the culture of the wine there, and and just photos that make you just want to be there. Uh, in it's those all about people, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What I, uh, one of the other things I liked as well. It is educational, but it's need to know sort of education it's really useful Mm. need to know and which will make your wine drinking more pleasurable because you you know a little bit yeah but it is still all about enjoyment definitely now funny enough i i used to buy their little magazine that they first started produced noble rot did you ever come across that charlotte yes i did Um, still got a couple of couple of copies at home funnily enough um but they started writing this slightly quirky magazine, didn't they? Yeah, they did. That was some time ago now. Actually, yeah, yeah, a long it? time ago. And I think this is, and it was called Noble Rot, uh, and they stopped publishing that quite a long time ago. Um, and this sort of carries on that feeling, doesn't there? Lots of little different articles, witty, 
interesting. I completely agree. I think it's really innovative. I think the approach is actually quite original. It's a really new perspective on wine books. Um, I thought the writing was really rich and evocative. I thought the descriptions of the regions and the people were really vivid. It sort of brings wine writing to life in a new way. And I really found that I liked it. I also really liked the information at the start. There's a lot of useful information at the start of the book on wine. And it almost feels like the questions that people are often so embarrassed to ask. Yeah, that's so true. it does touch on a lot of the sort of basics. And I think the thing about wine, um, it can appear to be um, quite hierarchical, quite complex to penetrate and understand. And actually, a lot of people are afraid to ask those questions. So I really liked that approach. It was sort of like a real grab you by the hand, walk you through what you need to know and help to sort of share wine in a new way to sort of, you know, hook you in and get you to uh, understand more about its personalities, culture and place. So I, I really like this it's, book. It's got a great personality, hasn't it? Mm. And I think if, you know, if you have got a loved one who, who's interested in wine, wants to learn more about it, but, but, but you know, not in a, in a too technical way, it, it's a great celebration of wine. And, and you will, you know, you'll definitely learn stuff. So a great, you know, I would say that's a great Valentine's Day present, wouldn't it? Yeah, and I would say I, I think it's it, it's interesting for anyone who enjoys wine and wants to know more you know there's some smaller sort of newer wine producing regions for example that like Tenerife exactly yeah and I can never pronounce it which is embarrassing because I've lived in Spain but um, Pinedes and um, sort of Catalonia mm. and um, I think it's, it's great from that perspective but it's also an interesting book for anyone who um, wants to know more about wine in a sort of introductory capacity as well. It would be a great read for anyone wanting to expand their knowledge. I mean, there's a, there's a section here on Santorini in Greece, you know. Well, that's great. Yeah. You know, why not? Why not? So so I, I really like that one a lot. And, and again, Charlotte, for anybody who didn't listen last week, you know, the Guild of Food Writers, this is the awards that, that we have such a pleasure of looking through all these books although it's quite a hard task um so, so these awards they're not just about food are they they're food and drink and there's a there's a huge range of, of of categories that we look at each year yeah that's right so the guild of food writers awards takes place in june every year and we uh, celebrate 15 categories of food writing um and you know we are wonderfully privileged to have worked with you as sponsors of our food podcast and broad broadcast award but we cover uh, food writing in lots of different um, contexts you know recipe writing writing on food travel um, obviously broadcasting drinks um, food from um, food from abroad for example so um, this book won our drinks writing award but yeah we do cover you know food Huge and range. drink um, publications in, in and um broadcast mediums across a wide range of areas and, and with so many cookbooks that get released every year uh, if you go onto the guild of food writers um, website you can see who's won awards over the years and actually it's a great place if you say i, I because somebody's really looked at those books and go you need to buy that <laughs> you know, yeah. that's a great book and it really sort of sorts it out for you so i remember one year it was like max max's sandwich books which was, was a book just on making sandwiches hilarious it's really really funny um and the, the, the range is astonishing uh, the black sea I liked a lot mm. which was you know an area that I didn't know that, that you know somebody traveling around the whole of the Black Sea countries that I didn't even know were on the Black Sea and 
travel book in many respects. Oh, I learned so much about that region. I'm thinking, wow, I need to try that. I need, yeah. I need to try this. So yeah. the, the range is extraordinary, isn't it? Very much so. And what's so interesting is that they are the only peer-judged awards as yeah, well. Absolutely. So actually... Uh, they uh, all books are being judged by a diverse range of food and drink professionals who are guild members. So it's really interesting to see uh, how that expertise comes across. Because we, we, what's really interesting about the Guild Awards is we do get some really um, exciting winners, and it does bring up a lot of work that actually hasn't necessarily been celebrated elsewhere. So it's a great way of discovering new material if you're in the market for for books, and actually just supporting people who are putting out great great work in across all genres. Mm. Um, so what I've asked you to do, so these were all award winners from 2021. And what, I, what I've asked my uh, lovely guests here, both Jane uh, and uh, Charlotte, uh, Charlotte as the, the chair of the Guild of Food Writers, is to bring along their own favourite cookbook. Now, just to start that off, this is actually, I remember, winning a couple of years ago, uh, food and, uh, the, the Food Writers Award. It's called A Long and Messy Business by Roly Lee. Now, Roly Lee... Uh, was it the Observer he writes for? I can't remember now. Uh, but he used to do a um, he used to do a, 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 a sort of column, and he's so funny. He then he's he's then written this cookbook, and will absolutely admit that the photographer who who's on here, um, Andy Sewell, him they just argued the whole time. I mean, they really really fell out because you know Andy wanted all the photographs to be beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And of course, Rowley's going, well, can you hurry up with some cooking this? And can you, you know, and they really fell out. Um, however, that once it's finished, they have both created something astonishing. And I think for me, photography is so important in, in, in a cookbook. And this is beautiful. Not only are the, the recipes funny and, you know, interesting, but the photography is stunning. Um, and I think one of the reasons why we like the circus cookbook is because the photography uh, brought it to life, the, the, the atmosphere and the feelings. Um, so, so do you think that's a, an important part of the... It's the hardest part to get right almost when you're doing a cookbook. It's expensive, isn't it? I think so. I think photographs are really important. I, I agree with you, So I think this is a really, truly beautiful book. The thing about photographs is quite interesting. Um, I like them, uh, but I think... For me, I am a real recipe writer. So the recipe content is the most important thing for me. But what's interesting is increasingly looking at feedback from readers. Mm. Readers love photographs. And actually, one of the major criticisms of a lot of cookbooks is not having enough photographs. And a lot of readers do want to have a photograph for every recipe so that they can see what, what they're aiming for. What it's supposed, to look, supposed like. to look like. <laughs> and I can appreciate that. And actually, one of my books, and I shan't say which because I'll get in trouble, but um, we had a bit of a bidding war for that. There were about eight publishers who wanted yeah, it. Well, so I, that no, was rather Nobody's fun. interested in any of um, my books. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, one of the publishers wanted to illustrate the book. And as opposed to photography. As opposed to photography. Okay. And I yeah. thought about that. And I think illustration can be wonderful in so many books. I mean, an example of that is, is um, Guild member Elizabeth Luard, for example. I mean, mm. she is amazing. And she does her own illustrations for her books, which are wonderful. But for me... Uh, it didn't quite feel right. For me, I think photographs really said what I wanted them to say. So they are so important. I just don't like illustrations. They can be good. 
They can yeah. be really good. But if it's, it's a recipe book. book, I'm not talking about, you know, if somebody's mm. talking about food in a different way, but if it's a recipe book, that I need to sit down and, and go, I'm going to copy that or whatever. I hate it when there's an illustration because I, I think I don't know what it's supposed to look like. And I don't know, somehow for me, it looks a bit cheap. Well, so, that's is that an awful thing to say, Jane? I, I think <laughs> you're right, actually. And I'm disappointed with illustrations because I would like to see, even if I don't make it, I just want to go, look at that. Isn't that beautiful? Mm. You know, there, there's a photo in your book and it's kidneys in the shape of a heart. Now, I wouldn't eat those. the raw, by the way. But the photograph is beautiful and it's clever and it's inventive. So... You can enjoy a cookbook or a recipe book without actually cooking anything, just by looking at the beautiful pictures. I mean, this this is almost what you would call, um, you know, a sort of you know, lovely book that you would have in the lounge, coffee to table, look at, table, coffee table, table book, type yes. book. Um, so if even if you never cooked a, a thing out of it, which you will do, um, it's just glorious to look at. It mm. is, and I, I think the way that cookbooks, uh, one could just sort of absorb every part of the words and the images it's a real experience mm. isn't it to look through but as you said they are really expensive to put together oh very much um, so. I mean I, they don't make any money that's for sure no <laughs> I get really annoyed in photographs actually food photographs when um, it's more sort of style over substance yeah. so for me what's really really important is that the, the props for example are relevant um, it feels like I, you know on my own book shoots I've always been on every day of the shoot to make sure yeah, I'm looks happy like with it, it. Do. but you know putting the wrong spoon or something with it you know I I know if it, it can help to make a photograph look better but it it needs to feel relevant it needs to feel as though it is the sort of correct way of staging a photo we're just looking at some gorgeous photos <laughs> there I'm very excited by that because that's very clean and neat and accurate I don't like the sort of photos where people will sort of strew additional ingredients all over the the, the surface that for example food porn thing, I find really, that quite yeah. I find that quite unrealistic but mm. um but then I think that's probably this sort of chef um chef of me in, in me you know <laughs> I just I wouldn't do that in real life <laughs> mm. Mm. um so I think it's really important that they are relatable and of course food fo photographs now are actually the should be someone home economist cooking the recipe in the book Oh yes, so, of course they you should. Know, back, I mean, that doesn't happen a lot, though. Well, it was one of the it was one of the questions I'm asked most about about books. Actually, is it you know are they glazing your meat in Ron Seal or something to get that lovely shine or you know uh, actually it's actually quite an important part of the process of compiling a cookbook to have the team, the home economist, the the food stylist, the um, prop stylist, all coming together and actually making your recipe and presenting it so that they know, A, the recipe really works, it's had another test, but also um, so that what is being shown is actually what one will make from the recipe. And so, that's not always no. the case. So I remember doing a, an event with Keith Floyd, which was a challenge in itself, keeping him sober for a start. <laughs> but um, he was cooking this thing and it looked amazing. And afterwards I said, oh, can I taste it? He said, oh, God, no, it's inedible. He said, don't touch it. <laughs> so he was cooking it so that it looked great, uh, you know, and looked all amazing, but, it, but it, you couldn't actually eat it. Um, you know, and I love Keith Floyd. I loved Keith Floyd. Um, but but that just shows that, that, you know, sometimes what you see isn't necessarily exactly how, how it's going to turn out, which I think is a bit disingenuous. It's not actually helpful because no. a lot of the time, you see, I don't, I'm not so bothered by um, pictures because... I feel like I can pick up what I need to from the recipe, but mm. I'm I'm aware that that's because I've 
Well, your experience in I've, the I've experienced, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's it's deeply unhelpful to anyone who needs that extra guidance. And the, I think the book should deliver that, really. Yeah, and, and I think the thing with the Roly Lee's uh, book, which is called A Long and Messy Business, and we will give links, um, is that lots of this is people half eaten it and, and, and it's afterwards or they're not, you know, the, the, the knives and forks have just finished eating the meal and stuff. Like that. And it's, it's just beautifully, beautifully shot, a uh, huge mixture of yeah. things. Anyway, so that's my recommendation. Wonderful quite expensive probably but beautiful coffee table book and if you love photography uh, and you want a good read because he actually is a good writer uh, Roly Lee as yeah. well as being professional chef um, I would recommend that so Jane as a, as, a, as a drinks writer what's your recommendation well I haven't brought my book with me. Well, that's not really the um, point, I is know, it? I'm going to describe it to you. <laughs> okay. And it's a book about beer and food matching. It is the Bible of yeah. beer and food matching. It's called The Brewmaster's Table. It's written by an American brewmaster called Garrett Oliver. Now, if there is one superstar in the beer world, it is Garrett Oliver, who wears a hat with such style. He is truly a superstar mm. and has fans all around the world. Brooklyn Brewery, people might have heard of, is where he started his career. The book must have been written about 15 years ago. It has been updated. It's available in paperback. It's He's obviously a lover of food and drink, but it's an educational book and one that you can experience and give you inspiration. He talks about different great brewing nations of the world and he's obviously a foodie because of the choice of food that he has to match with certain beers it's so so varied but what it does and what it did for me is prove that beer isn't just for having with pizza or with casual yeah. food it's fine dining and it's casual food as well or it's nuts or it's crisps but he's in love with food he's in love with beer obviously he's in love with the people who make it and the whole process of it and what it does to people socially and brings people together and so it's he, completely in the round is what you're absolutely saying. round one of the things he loves to do which is what i love to do as well is to surprise people who assume that oh it's wine that goes with that and then he'll give them both choices well for the acidic belgian gerza beer or do you like it with that french white wine that acidic white wine, and they'll go, oh, the beer is much better. Yeah. So, And he's changing their perceptions, which I, I love to do as well. Mm. So I highly recommend that book. And the name of the book is? It's called The Brewmaster's Table by Garrett Oliver. Widely available, reprinted. I think it's the sort of book that will be in print for, for quite some time. Decades and decades. Now, that's about beer. Mine's, mine's about photography. Um, what's yours about, Charlotte, your favourite book that you've brought in? Mine book is about bacon. Bacon. It's called Bacon. Don't tell B. Wilson whatever you do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, bacon, the cookbook by Neve Shields, who is also a Guild of Food Writers member. Um, this is actually, I mean, I've got it here. It is a riot of colour. It is a self-published book. And it is a single subject cookbook all about bacon. So it covers different types of bacon. Um, Neov is Irish. So obviously, you know, very strong um, love of bacon in Ireland. Um, not just rashers, but sort of um, cured bacon as well. Um, cooked and eaten as a joint. And it covers bacon recipes in 
so many different guises. So it will cover things like brunch, sweet bakes, bites, main meals. It's really, really broad. It is a very comprehensive book. But what I particularly love about it is it's so colourful and original and rich. Joyous. It's a joyous, it's joyous celebration <laughs> of bacon. Now, I said it was a self-published book, and I think that's what's so interesting about this book. It is just quite amazing to see how Neve's um, sort of spirit is captured on every page. It really is so creative, innovative, and it just shows what's possible to do with a cookbook, actually. Um, I think it's a really interesting model for producing a cookbook. I find it very, very inspiring, personally. Oh, I've just opened the page now. So this is eggs with bacon and cheese dippers. So you get your old, um, you know, you boil an egg. One of my favourite breakfasts, I have to say. Instead of putting toast, dip, dip. She's got ham, ham. So sliced bacon with, with like, um, breadcrumbs. And then you dip that in your egg. Mm. Runny egg yolk. Oh, mm. runny egg yolk. It's wow. amazing. There are some buns in there I think you'll get to in a moment. These sort of sweet, uh, sort of almost like a Chelsea bun with um, maple cured bacon in and a cream cheese and maple icing. Oh, you've got the, it no, I've just opened the page bacon now. bread. Bacon and sausage bread. So yeah. beautifully cooked loaf of bread there and you just cut it. And there's bits of sausage and bacon in there. Marvellous. Almost looks like a brioche. Yes. <laughs> and I think what's so wonderful about Neve is she is such a creative and innovative cook. Um, her sort of starting points are all about flavours that go together. And she's so sort of uninhibited and creative in the way she puts together recipes. I'm loving seeing I'm your sorry, face. I'm just laughing just my head off. just flipping through the book. I've just turned this page because I, I haven't seen this until you've all done. Beer battered bacon. I know. Rashers. That you dip in mayonnaise. With sriracha, is it chipotle? Oh, yes. Yeah, it's chipotle. Wow. I mean, if you've got if you've got cholesterol problems, it's probably not for you. But oh god, doesn't look fantastic. Yeah. The pictures are great, oh. and it's a combination of photos and illustrations as well. Mm. Yeah, and it's joyful. Yeah, and the sad. graphic design is done by Anita Mangan, who is like I think the most talented graphic designer around, and she has worked in with so many legendary cookbooks. Um, Photography, some of it is Neve's own photography. Some of it is done by Georgia Glynn Smith, the legendary Georgia Glynn Smith. So it is just, it has very high production values. And I think it's just that sort of unbridled enthusiasm and sort of creative um, freedom to put together a book. Um, it, it just shows what's possible. And I really love it. It's great. I mean, there's some great recipes in here. I mean, really, really great. Obviously, bacon goes really well with scallops and stuff like that. And th th there's some, you know, some chicken, ham and bacon pies. And it, oh, wow, wow, wow. So, um, so again, it's called Bacon the Cookbook. And again, we'll have a we'll have a link. Um, it's really fun, I would it's say, so is the fun. word for that. It's so fun. And actually, I went to Ireland recently with Neil because she was shortlisted for the Irish Food Writers Awards for that. And so it's really good to see she's getting some recognition for that because also a huge undertaking to put together a book like that yourself. <laughs> Tell me about um, it. Full respect. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tell me about it. Um, okay, so are there any others that, that, have, that have got a, a mention? We're running out of time again, would you believe? Any others that you, you really would encourage people to have a look at that's that's... Or Ooh. stuff or go-to that you, you constantly pick up again and again and again. My most used new book is yeah. India, the World Vegetarian by Rupa Gulati. Stunning book. Stunning mm. book. Rupa is such a talented cook and I have cooked 
everything in that book. It's wow. one of those books where actually it came out last year, but, you know, we were in lockdown. I've made every single thing in the book and it is just a masterpiece. So that is a real top pick for yeah. a recent book. Another great one for me is Persiana. Yes. I've forgotten the name of the name. Sabrina Gale. That's the one. Yeah. Uh, again, another Guild uh, member. Um, that changed, completely changed my perception of, of the sorts of food that I could cook, particularly in the summer. Amazing salads with big, 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 huge flavours. Mm. Um, and started getting me into the harissa and, and the tahini and, you know, nuts and, and, and using all sorts of, you know, and fruit, oranges and things like that. Um, with the most amazing, fla- deep flavours, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think she's very talented at um, flavour combinations. So you mm. often get sort of something sweet, some chilli, texture combinations. Yeah, crunch. Very, very clever. And it's actually pretty simple to follow the recipes as well. Yeah, uh, So I think so. it's very, very clever. You know, and leading on from that, I, I, I then uh, then bought uh, Otterling is Simple. Uh, which I think is very much in the f- in her vein of doing things, um, and again, it was it was is that that broadness of those those sorts of f- flavors of sort of either North African, Middle Eastern cooking, which, which really expanded. Uh, yeah, for me. very much so. Jane, you don't cook, so we we'll skate over that. <laughs> any other any other uh, drink books that 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 you're uh, you're particularly keen on? No. No, not not coming to mind at the moment. Um, I did. I really just going back to the Noble Rock book, the um, Wine from Another Galaxy. I really, really recommend that. Yes. Can I just say something actually that I, I read in that book? Really interesting. Seen as we're in Kent. Yes. They talked about how Kent, well, English sparkling wine. So Kent. Yeah, there is a section on English sparkling wine in the book, isn't there? Yes, and it was a small section. But what they said was that how terroir is going to be really important in mm. the next decade because. Different soils unlock different characteristics in the grape. So, for instance, chalk soils are better suited to Chardonnay, whereas more clay-rich soils, which would be towards Hampshire, more suited to the Pinot, the Noir and the Mernier. Now, they're the three grapes in Champagne, which is what most English sparkling winemakers use to make their their sparkling wine. And French, the Noble Three. The Noble Three, Mm. and that's fascinating. I didn't know that. So those sorts of little nuggets of information fascinating so i highly recommend that book very good very good um so just uh one last mention for the guild of food writers charlotte if anybody's interested in joining because they are an author they have to be published already don't they but you could be writing recipes you could be in in the you know in the food or drink sector as a restaurateur or anything like that um where where can they go to to look at membership do they have to be recommended or, or is it something they can apply for Anyone can apply to be a member and to for more information and to apply, that all takes place on our website, which is gfw.co.uk. We'll have a link we to that. We do ask that people course. are professionally active and we'll ask for some of your work, but they're Otherwise, feel free to join. Um, love to and and some, some famous people you'd like to trot out their names just to let them know who else is fellow members. Gosh. Obviously, I am. So you can well, say that. I'm exactly. famous. Exactly. Sue <laughs> Nelson. Famous. Exactly. Um, well, we mentioned... Charlotte Pike is famous. Well, <laughs> we've actually meant, um, mentioned a few of our Lifetime Achievement Award winners who are also members today. Elizabeth Luard, Mary Berry, for example, Nigella Lawson. So uh, just a few. <laughs> you'll, you'll, be, you'll be in good company. There's men too. Come on. There are Lots of men. Absolutely. Lots men well mm. Yota Motolenghi would be a very famous one yeah. uh, Rick Stein um, yeah so so uh, there's a whole range of people and and people with um, amazing different experiences and what I really like about the guild is that everybody helps each other so you can post a question or say I'm, I'm struggling with this can somebody help me 
and always somebody will jump in won't they and and, and help you through it or, or point you in the right direction jane as a as a publisher uh, as a published author you need to become a member i would suggest well, if I can be in the same guild as the writers as of Sue these Nelson. amazing books, as Sue Nelson and Charlotte Pike <laughs> and yeah. the Queen, yeah. Mary Berry, yeah. then I'm absolutely up for it. You've got to do it. OK. Well, listen, Charlotte, thank you so much for joining us. I know you've travelled so far to come <laughs> and be with us, but it's been fascinating going through these uh, different uh, cookbooks, hasn't it? And it's a great genre, I think. It's such a wide variety of things. Um, thank you for having me. It's um, been really lovely to um, you. Absolute pleasure. Thanks, Jane. Um, did you enjoy reviewing all those books? Absolutely. Really loved it. Yes, yeah, so thank you very much Jane and to our partners, the lovely people at Producing Kent. If you, um, if you want to listen to any of our hundreds of podcasts or any of the links to the books that we are talking about or the Guild of Food Writers, please go to foodtalk.co.uk and we look forward to seeing you next week.